cultures here. Some of you are white or black. You're brown. And you're silver. But I don't care if your skin's red or tan or Chinese. You're all going to have to learn to die together. Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And also by Forty. Good evening, fellas. Unfortunately, Ham um, is having some technical issues, so he won't be able to join us tonight um, for what could be the last Parrot Podcast in a while, um, subject to a review of this round's match. Uh, but noting that we are living in uncertain times, and it's a day-by-day thing as to whether or not the NRL season will proceed. Um but let's first get into the reviews and then we'll touch on all those coronavirus issues in the news. So first off in the reviews in the SG ball, Parramatta Eels, big score, 58 to, um, sorry, the West's Magpie, six. Try scorers, Kalachi with a double, Viliami Penasini, Peter Tateo, James Malalu, Josh Tuipiloto with a brace as well, Jock Brazel, Caleb Tohi. Uh, junior right, and then Josh Chapel nine from ten off the boot, not bad work. And the uh, one he missed was just just squeezed to the left. And how did you see it? Um, Forty. Uh, it was a fantastic weekend for both the junior rep grades there in the um, Harold Matthews and the SG ball. It was easily their best performances of the season, which is very good considering that it's over the halfway mark now, and they're looking. Well, they were looking towards the finals. But um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there in regards to coronavirus. But uh, that was 40 nil at half time, so they were completely dominant in the first half. But having said that, I thought the Wests—it's uh, not West Magpies, Western Suburbs Magpies in this grade—were uh, pretty um, competitive, if it makes sense, in a 40 nil thrashing. Like they were really trying to hit hard in defense, and and it was more of Parramatta just being a really good team on the day. Um, trying to think of on the day it was so many so many standout performances i really liked viliami penasini it was the first game this year where i felt they made a concerted effort to get the ball to him in good opportunities and he really dominated as a result um on that same edge was jock brazel who has come from the bench into the starting team and he was very strong he um, was hitting hard in defense scored a try and set up another try for like really clever kick head after making a line break um, which is not the sort of touch you expect from a back row on that grade but yeah, it was across across the park. Peter Tateo is the captain. He scored another try, and he's up to must be four or five for the season now. I think it was posted on the Discord. I think Ricky posted it somewhere, and he's um, right up in the top of the uh, competition for tries scored. So awesome team effort. It was a shame that they couldn't quite get the queen sheet because there was a late try at the end to uh, the Magpies where their dummy half uh, sort of dummied and then buried over despite some good contact in the markers. But yeah, really, really good team effort and you know, assuming the circumstances give them an opportunity to build on that game down the road, it, it's an awesome game to build on. All right, then into Harold Matthews. Parramatta Eels 34 to West's Magpies 6. I like the number 6 on the weekend. Uh, try score is Terence Lafayre. Suliasu Aho. They got it right this time, not yeah, Argo. Argo. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis Talagi Saola. 
That's a great football name. Yeah, Gen- Genesis is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> and Joshua Al-Hazim with a brace. Miles Martin also going in. And big raps on Miles Martin at the moment. Uh, Ethan Sanders, five from six off the boot. How did you say it? Yeah, uh, you said Miles Martin getting big raps, and deservedly so. He's been their best player across the first six rounds. Uh, they, were, they were very good in this grade. Um, once again, a late try sort of let them down. Uh, but well, let them down in a sense of a queen sheet. But, uh, yeah, um, Genesis was huge in his two stints, and you could tell when he was on the field, but uh, the bench props did a pretty good job there too. Um, Terrence Lafay was interesting because he started the game at 5'8", where he did a really good job with uh, Sanders in, in conjunction in the halves, and then he shifted to hooker later in the game, and it was still pretty tidy, so he had a fantastic game. Uh, I'm trying to think else, who else um, really started in this game. Give me two secs. To, to put it together, I'm having a brain feed here. But once again, West were pretty plucky in this game. Um, you know, I'm not sure what their ladder position was heading into this round, but they, they didn't go away despite the Eels dominating. Um, uh, Charlie Geimer moved to the centres. We touched that in the preview last week, and he did pretty good, a couple of really strong runs. And beyond that, um, Sam Tuovati was very good alongside Genesis in the starting back row. Yaya Ayachi had some really good runs from dummy half. I thought it was his best game of the season at Hooker. Um, Saxon, Pryke, and Alzheim were really solid in the, in the back row, starting back row. And off the bench, I thought that it was um, Rafael Destratus, who was a big boy. He had a, he has a brother that wasn't playing last week. But um, Rafael had a couple of really good hits and runs. Okay, and then into the Tasha Gales, the women going down 10 to 12, two tries and a conversion to Penrith, three tries. Uh, so unfortunate not to get a, a win there. Yeah, after it was a, 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 their, their first win last week. That's it? right. And this was a, I got to catch most of this game. It was pretty good. Like, I think it was their best um, team performance of the season. Had a grandstand finish with the Eels scoring the tries late to get back in the competition. And then there was a, a late opportunity uh, to go on, go on the attack in the last 90 seconds. But I think the ball was dropped in a tough circumstance and Penrith got the win. All right. Let's move on to, um, unfortunately, not as great results in the Andrew Johns and, oh, sorry, only in the Laurie Daly Cup. Uh, in the Andrew Johns comp, Parramatta Eels 42 to uh, Greater Northern Tigers 4 and try scorers Siasi Kaliti with a hat-trick. Blaze Talagi, Jacob John, Joshua Konakis, Joshua Bridget and Takasima. And again, I won't try butcher that last name. Try scorers. <laughs> Um, did anybody get to watch that? Um, unfortunately, no. That was going down at the same Saturday. time as the district reps for me. So I was catching updates live, but I couldn't get a look at the footage. But I'm not surprised to see Blaze Talaki's name on the try scorers list again. He's been fantastic throughout the start of the season for him. But uh, they're putting a lot of pressure on the Harold Matthews boys, and it's no surprise to see the Mats respond with their best game of the season. Uh, so really good in the 16s, both those two grades, but not so much in the 18s with the Laurie Daly as you'll get on to now. And in the Laurie Daly, Parramatta Eels 18 to Greater Northern Tigers 24. Try, try scorers Jordan Wolfgram, Samuel Tuatupu, and Desmond Racchetti. Uh, Francis Tutino with two off the boot. Uh, so unfortunately going down there, they've been travelling. Is it Laurie, Laurie Daly haven't been playing that well this year? Is that No, right? okay. the Laurie Daly are definitely the weakest squad, squad among the, the four junior squads there. So the, the Johns are really good, and they've been putting a lot of pressure on the Harold Matthews, which is also a very good squad themselves. And the ball are sort of looking like they're recovering after a shaky start. And Laurie Daly, unfortunately, they're just not as good as the other three. And then into the Jersey flag, Eels, nice uh, victory here, 20 to the Bulldogs, 14. Try scorers, Samuel Liozu, Solomoni Naiduki, Shabel Tasapali, Sean Russell, 
And um, what did you see there? Uh, sorry, and Kyle Schneider, two goals. What did you see there, 40? So I didn't get that to the Campbelltown to see this one, but I did get a little bit of feedback prior to the game. And Canterbury meant to be a pretty good lineup this year. They've sort of been building slowly for the juniors in the last few years with strong mats, then ball, and now flag squads. So getting this victory is a, a great start to the season. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I heard from the game. I think Noduki scored a decent try. Uh, but I'm try- I haven't got many updates from the game itself, but it's a very good start to the season. And you know, it- it's good to see some of the young guys on the try scorer sheet too, of Samuel Loizu and Sean Russell, both ball eligible this year, and they're you know already making an impact in the twenties. And then into New South Wales Cup, uh, flying high at twenty to nil, uh, and then sort of took the the foot off the it's, pedal. It's a funny score of the half. Dogs because we did that last year. I think it was we were up twenty nil against the Dogs late in the season, and then we ended up winning. I think twenty six twenty or something like that. So this one ending up twenty four to sixteen. Try scorers Hayes Dunstart, George Jennings with a double, uh, Jai Field slicing through with a nice try for himself, and Polar uh, too um, good for them in the middle of the field. I got the catch a fair chunk of this game on TV before it was cut off with about 20 minutes to go because there was a Scott Morrison national address in which he said nothing. So we got, we got you know, half an hour of that, and that was unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, the Eels looked really good for the most part. Daniel Alvaro was titanic. I think he ran for over 200 metres, scored a try, made 30-something tackles without a miss, just ridiculous sort of numbers. And that's what you want to see from your you know your first-grade caliber players that aren't in first grade right now. And, you know, seeing Polo, you know, really shoulder that mantle and, and lead from the front was fantastic. But there was a lot of good um, contributors for the Eels. And once again, the Dogs are very good in this grade. They won the title two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, and they've been competitive ever since. Correct. And, um, you know, we got to see Hayes Dunster looking pretty good. Uh, Jay Field, not Jay Field, Jay Field, Ham, who's not here, would, would have corrected me otherwise, um, was, you know, really good in the halves. Uh, I, I liked the impact of both... Uh, I'm so used to call him Abracadabra from the juniors, but um, Ellie, Ellie Elzaham, um, he looked really good on the right edge, I think it was, and he was also uh, deputised really nicely by Andrew Davey, who's been coming back slowly, um, and he came off the bench. So yeah, it was just a really good team effort, uh, and it's something that, once again, you'd like to see him build on, but given that there's rumours swirling that they're not going to get a chance to do it, it's really unfortunate. Yes, um, so let's get on to first grade review. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Eels victorious eight to the Bulldogs two. A light late try in the 65th minute to Reed Marnie sealing it for the Eels, um, as well as uh, Ferguson having the last laugh after he was hit in the air um, for what seemed about the hundredth time uh, that night that one of our players either in the act of kicking or in the act of uh, fielding a kick or contesting a kick um, being tackled in the air. Um, Obviously, that was. um, something that the Bulldogs had planned for and, and put into effect on that night. Uh, but I went out and, uh, Bertie, you'll be happy. Eric the Eel came along as well. <laughs> he was very uh, <laughs> uh, enjoyed his fir- – yeah, that, that was uh, popping his Bankwest cherry, so uh, quite good. Um, how did you guys see it? Bertie, what was your initial takeaways in this game, buddy? Well, first off, uh, I have to change my seats because I'm with the away fans. I was with a bunch of Bulldogs Ooh. fans, so I was very mindful of what I said. <laughs> um just because, yeah, they they outnumbered me. Um, other than that, <clears throat> the game was good. The contact-wise, um, it was perfect in terms of um, every time they made a tackle, the momentum stopped or they like pushed them back. And um, I just thought that's something they worked on during the preseason. 
because I didn't realize how good Mado his co- his contact is because he really does. He's like a brick wall. And he, he had a couple of really at, jarring shots. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like whenever he made a tackle, like and I'm talking about front on, like chest to chest, he's he stops the momentum. And then another person I was surprised by is uh Regan Campbell Gillard. Like how he could do those leg cutter type of tackles. Like it's actually good because when you have too many people going up top, you get barged or you get carried. He can just cut them. He's like Reed, but in a prop version in terms of his defense. <laughs> no wonder they get along so famously. Oh, and it, I just didn't realize how good. Like I thought because not many props can do that. Like you know, uh, get bend that low and cut mm-hmm. the person in half. But other than that, um, our tack was good. Um, I was a bit annoyed that we kept bombing it, but uh, the dogs just kept frustrating us. And I say um, we didn't play to our true game plan, but and I'm still amazed at how Fergo showed that much strength that he almost scored that try. That he was a wild own. moment, yeah. He was like oh. half an inch over the sideline. He just bullied three dogs in no he space. He had the left edge on, on all on him, like the winger, yeah. center, and, and I'm just like thinking – it was a shame. It was like the greatest non-try celebration. Well, some but grown man strength right there. Yeah, he went straight for the back whip. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's just um like the try for Marnie, like, you know, for him to st- still stay alive or like to be aware of it, like it shows um, some footy smarts because That's right. yeah. I've had a go at this team in the past of not being footy smart. Yeah, it's dumb. been a fair fair criticism and, and a lack of effort on those 1% of plays too. And that was two things coming together where yeah, you know, and, it shows yeah. why the hustle plays are so important in this game. One error from the dogs was a difference, and Reed Money, who stayed alive and made the effort to chase the kick, you know, got the rewards. And then one thing, I'll, uh, and the last thing I'll talk about, um, the the way Guffo chased because in the past he's been he's been um, a victim of just being planted catching the bomb, but for him to chase and like contest the fullback um, for the bombs, um, it's actually good. It's similar to what Turbo does for Manly, and I thought it was brilliant. He never gave up, and. Yeah, so it's obviously um it's round one. What can what can we expect? But uh, I don't think that was our true attack in terms of our game plan. But it was good no. for defense. No, it definitely wasn't anywhere near this team's best uh, attacking shapes. And that'll you know come as as whenever the season does get underway, it will come. But yeah, we shouldn't undersell how good the dogs are defensively. They you know late last year, or not even just late last year, through a good portion of the back end of last year, they really showed how gritty and combative they can be in defense. Um, and they did that to us. They they really frustrated us, and we made mistakes. But to our credit, we were you know every bit and better defensively. Didn't concede a try, which is a huge you know commendation to the team. If it weren't for the New Zealand Warriors shit in the bed, we'd have the best defense out of round one. Uh, so you know got a lot of raps for the players there, and that includes you know some fantastic goal line defense from Quentin Gufferson. I think it was Nathan Brown uh, who went low, and then Gufferson punched the ball out of. Uh, uh, Adam Elliott, I think it was, who took the big charge. That was, you know, a, a huge moment in the game there. But the dogs are who we thought they were. They're, you know, very tough, very gritty, but they're going to rely on the other team to make mistakes and give them opportunities to score on the back of possession. And Parramatta did that. You know, they sort of fell into that trap to an extent, but they also didn't drop their bundle defensively, and that's what kept them in the game. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of good individual efforts across the park. I thought the junior Paulo was immense. Um, the numbers aren't incredible, you know, per se off the stat sheet. I think he only ran for 116 meters from 11, uh, from 14 carries. So, you know, sub 10 meters per run, but he was doing some tough runs and he made some big hits, uh, you know, and he really led that forward pack um, through the middle. Um, Bertie already gave a shout out to Ryan Madison. Um, I thought that Murata and Penny were pretty solid off the bench and, you know, and Penny, you know, not, not exactly the most favored selection there, but he did a job. Um, I like that Mitchell Moses, even if he wasn't that good, didn't overplay his hand trying to look for the miracle option. It was the sort of game where I think in last, you know, even last year when he was still on his ascent, he would have thrown the big cutout pass or gone for the chip kick. 
And instead, he just backed his teammates and kept the game in front of him. And that's why that try came about because I know it, was, you know it wasn't a bad kick, but it wasn't an incredible kick. But he put the pressure on him. I think it came off the back of a, a repeat set maybe. So that was really encouraging to see. And um, It was. So that, that came from the back of, uh, I believe it was a Luke Lewis error, which then resulted us going down the field. Ferguson getting the repeat set from that kick that he sort of shanked a little bit, uh, which went over the back mm, by, yeah, I, I yeah. can't remember, is it Tuamaga, I think it was? For, Bruno Tuamaga, yeah, yeah. And then after that, the the repeat set coming down and, and getting the kick away, which um, again came off Luke Lewis. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, about three sets after he took Moses out in the air uh, around the knees, uh, which was not penalised uh, given the first one by Reed, yeah, again, it, it was a penalty. It should have been a penalty against um, Lewis, uh, was given. Um, but there were numerous occasions where it went beyond the sort of niggle that you have and on an attacking kicker to putting that attacking kicker in a dangerous position, which was not penalised. Um, and I thought the refs certainly showed, and I don't want to bag on them, but um, there was a certain favouritism showed to Bulldogs in that some things that were penalised were not penalised fairly to both teams. I don't I don't know if it showed on TV, but Moses got pretty upset about that too. He um, really sort of tussled with the, the kick chase or the kick chaser, the kick tackler afterwards and had to be separated with a couple of times. But once again, it shows his composure in the, in the more macro sense in that he didn't let it rattle him. Yeah, he got you know he blew up in those little you know microcosm there, but he did not let it rattle him, and he stuck to the game plan. So that's a lot of credit to him. Um, Garfo had a, a mixed game. He had great a uh, great work rate, but there was a couple of um, head scratching moments between the taking the quick tap two meters off his goal line with the entire team offside, and then there was the um I, I can't really fault him for the penalty conversion attempt that he tried to clean up, even though it cost Paramount a twenty meters from the line dropout. It would have been a twenty meter line dropout otherwise instead of a, a goal line dropout. But um, yeah, he was pretty good. It was one of those games where a lot of you know a lot of guys weren't fantastic in attack, but they were so good in defense. That I don't want to rag on too much. Like you look at attack, Jennings and Lane were so close about three times to making huge busts together down that left edge, and it's just that half a step out because it's the first game. So you know, not not worried at all. And assuming that the season plays on, I think that the attacking side of the football will come together really quickly. I just want to see him building that defensive effort. Yeah, I think uh, the optics coming out of this game are really strange in that. We played an extremely similar game against the Bulldogs last year in round 24, and it was praised by the wider community, NRL community, as being such a tough, gritty game. And from my view, I know there was a few more errors, but um, I thought the defensive integrity from both teams was fantastic. Um, but it was derided as, you know, one of the worst games of all time. Uh, um, and I understand it might be because going into the season or going into that game, we we're expected to win what thirty nil um, or something to that effect. But anybody that's watched recent history of Bulldogs and Eels, but for that round two game last year, um, knows that there's only been about six points or so in those matches. And I think, um, and I think that's why I went in with the prediction of what a two point win, fourteen to twelve yeah, and going in. Ham, Ham, and I, and I'm not sure. I can't remember Bertie's prediction, but he scored. He he scored pretty highly. I think. Um, we were sort of like, you know, riffing and saying that we're going to have like a 30-point victory, but that was more of like, you know, the the sort of larrikins take on it because, you know, it, that was the game we weren't hoping for but we were expecting, right? We knew that the dogs were going to come at us with a real tough, gritty attitude, especially with the media, you know, intensifying the scrutiny on them after the events of Port Macquarie the preceding 48 hours. Yeah, I, it wasn't a, a, a t- take on, on your predictions. No, 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 no. Take on, yeah, um, no, that, I wasn't seeing that. The NRL as a, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> seeing that as an, as an attack on myself and Ham. It was, once again, uh, you know, people 
putting expectations on Parramatta and then sort of saying, well, you guys aren't very good then, are you? Because like you said, last year that game was praised for both teams, not just for Parramatta, for the, the dogs, but Parramatta got a bit of credit there for a tough game even though they didn't win it. And here we are, we'll, you know, literally mark two of that game, round two of that game, and, you know, everyone, you know, was tearing into them saying, what, what pretenders? It's like, well, we considered two points. You know, yeah, the attack wasn't great, but, you know, two points against a team that is going to compete, if not get there, but it's going to compete for a back-end top eight spot. Yeah, you guys are going to have. I was just going to say that um, as well, I thought in that first 10 minutes, we really had the dogs uh, rattled on their line and they were about to open up, but for that Ferguson getting half a toe on the line. Mm. So um, I think things could have played out extremely differently had that happened and dogs wouldn't have been able to get into their groove of um, the niggle and the wrestle uh, when as the game proceeded. And... Um, yeah, to us, I think we got dragged into that a bit too much. But um, when we did try to go sideways and go around them, they shut it down very well. So I, I don't know if we had too much option other than to go through them. Um, and I think you guys touched on Junior Paulo. Whilst he might, the numbers not look that great, his tackle breaks, that number looks fantastic. Mm. <laughs> uh, he was just punching through tackles. And it was just the, and yeah, and that, that, it's an you know, addendum to that number is that the runs just had such impact and viciousness. Like the dogs had to come at him in numbers, and even then there'd be a guy getting skittled almost every other carry. So really encouraging performance from a guy that we needed to stand up and be the the undisputed leader of his forward pack. And I say undisputed leader, you've got guys like Nathan Brown and obviously Reagan Campbell-Gillard too are going to be big factors there. But I think Junior is the guy that can be the guy, you know, that representative caliber dynamic attacking prop. One, one interesting point was Nathan Brown. I don't know if it's because he burned himself out um, from it being the first hit out and maybe he wasn't thinking so much about prolonging or whether it was the uh, idea going into the match, but him shifting off before halftime and Hakuna Murata coming in and playing a bit of that lock role. Um, what did you guys make of that? I'd say that was the plan, but given that Lane and Madison are pretty much 80-minute commodities on the edges. But in saying that, he also looked pretty gassed. Like I think he just paced himself really really badly in the, you know in a game that was so intense through the middle he um you know got really him and um reg got really lined up by the dog pack um defensively and he was working his ass off and i saw him sucking him in before Murata came on so i like the idea of Murata operating as that uh, backup lock because it gives you flexibility to cover edges if needed but um yeah brownies to sort of like a 50 or 60 minute role with Murata getting the um the remainder of the minutes it seems, seems pretty good to me moving forwards birdie what was your take on Murata off the bench it was good um, because Brown had to come off because if you saw him in defense, he was rushing out of line. So he was gassing himself from rushing and putting on the hits because, you know, when you put those hits on, it takes a bit, it takes, you know, uh, a toll on your body. So um, I'd rather that happen because he's given his all in, in, um, in, in defense and attack. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Murata, he looks bigger this year, like in terms of like a more bulkier. You know, he, he's sort of like a min- miniature version of Papali, not as big. But he could play that sort of role for us. Like saw like the because when he first came to the club, I thought maybe he would be like um, our best edge, you know, a hole runner. Sort of like what Tepai, what we thought Tepai would be. But looking at him now, he could be like a mini Philly, just you know, smash the forwards or smash the defense, fire them out, and you know, probably pop, pop an offload here and there. But yeah, I thought he was great. It's, it's obviously good to see the what it's his second or third preseason. He's getting the hang of first grade, and he's looking better each game. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I was more impressed with uh, Brownie's defense, actually, because he usually does one or two tackles and he's off. But he was every every tackle he tried to do, he tried to take the guy's head off, essentially, <laughs> and smash him. And, and it was good that yeah. he, he this, this was the game last year where he lost his mind and ended up getting binned. And it was the first time we'd ever seen him sort of go over the wrong side of that line that he always straddles with the aggression and defense. 
and I think he, I think he kept it reined in perfectly against the dogs on Thursday night. He um you know he missed he missed a couple of hits, but it was because he was going for the big hit in the legal zone. So I wasn't. We well, only have to look at the Broncos game. Look what happened with TPJ. Oh, exactly, Bengai. exactly. And that's yeah. what that's times when you got to lie building your team a guy that can be a huge impact player, but just does not know when to dial it back. And thankfully, we had that with Brown once last year against the Dogs, and he sort of he learned his lesson from it. So that was very encouraging. As for Marada, I'm going to be very interested to see where they take him across the course of the season off the bench because he got lots of time on the edges in the preseason, um, in the in the trials and whatnot. But he obviously seems to have this defined role through the middle. So. He's a, a great piece to have on the bench, and I, I really, you know, I've always been arguing for the, the value of the bench players and why having quality on the bench is a huge part of how you win games as opposed to just having a good starting team, and he's going to be one of the biggest pieces on the bench in 2020. And then flowing out of the game at the judiciary, uh, Ferguson fined for tripping, and fair enough. Um, I'm glad it wasn't penalised because I think you could see that he'd planted his foot before DWZ took a turn, um, which then led to him tripping over Ferguson's leg as opposed to an action where somebody just sticks their leg out deliberately post the turn, the, the move that DWZ had made. Um, but technically it is a trip, so fine. That's all fine now. Um, but then uh, the Crichton tackle on Sivo. Uh, uh, didn't result in very much at all. And that I is thought that wild. was um, yeah. bizarre given that, um, one, he got palmed off first, and then, two, it was a collective um, or a deliberate move by Crichton to come back in and Absolutely. then throw his shoulder into Sivo's head. Um, on first view of it, just live, I thought, oh, come on, Sivo, get up, yeah. stop playing. <laughs> stop, stop playing for the but crusher. Yeah, very legitimate reason went to up stay on the down. video and uh, the crowd yeah, did the not like it. showed it. I mean, Bertie just mentioned a very similar case from round one, and I understand that TPJ, Tavita Pengai Jr., has priors, and that's going to contribute to the loading aspect of the charge. But he was facing four to six weeks for what he did in the Cowboys game, and I think that wasn't as bad as what Crichton did. So I just it, it's classic match review committee stuff where there's you know very similar things but completely different charges, and it's very frustrating. So I'm, I'm well, glad um, in the round one, Jenko does an accidental well, contact that, to the That's head. why the crowd was, was banging for the Symbian because yeah. it's very similar circumstances where, um, was it Reed or Short? Someone had cut down um, the Penrith uh, lock, Brown was it? A, was it Isaiah Year? I think it was Isaiah Year. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. It was, yeah. was, was cut down and Jennings came in with a, an arm around like next to his waist, like it was next to his hip and he cocked he cocked Yo high and got Symbian. And that was the you know, the very first case of it happening in the NRL under the new rules. And, of course, in the Easter Monday game when Daniel Alvaro was lost to a high shot from the kickoff, we didn't get the, you know, same call. So classic NRL there. But, yeah, super frustrating because the NRL, the officials had every right to send me in Crichton based on um, precedent. Yeah, well, you know, it was contact to the head that was reportable contact. So um, it should flow on that it's a sin minimal offence um, straight off the bat. But uh, perhaps... The, there's some discretion this season or I'm not sure. So um, we'll see how that plays out over the rest of the season should the season go ahead. Um, needs to put I hate, caveat yeah, every I, I was about to say, I hate having to use that qualifying statement for so many things, but that's where we're at, isn't it? That everything's so nebulous and up in the air at the moment. And like you said in the intro, that we're day-to-day with all this stuff and it's crazy. So would that has everybody had their say on the um, round one performance? Um, Scrappy, what, do you, what do you think about Brad Tackering not getting any minutes? We, we played with 16 oh. men. My thought he was more cover for Wonga, um, so I can understand. And also, the game was in the balance for the whole game. I I think BA didn't want to go throw him in um, for Reed in such a sort of 
tight knit affair. I think if we start getting a couple of points up against the mm-hmm. Titans, that Takarangi will probably get about 15, 20 minutes. Do you think um, that's the norm for, once again, assuming that the season stays on, um, do you think that the 16-man rotation is the norm for most games? And if, if that's the case, would you have someone else on the bench instead of Brad Takarangi? Not because you don't like Brad, but because you think there's a better slot for the ro- like the forward rotation or for the utility spot. I think it's going to depend on how Reed performs in mm-hmm. 80 minutes. I think last year, noting it was Reed's first year in first grade um, as a full season, as opposed to being you know sort of coming coming in, up late in the course. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we were a bit hesitant to to leave him out there for 80, and and BA shown that he likes to pace players as they come in. He'll give you know props like Oregon Kafusi 10 minutes or so in their first couple of hitouts, and I think he's being. He was being a bit reserved with Reed last year, but it may well be that his thinking is now I'll see if Reed can handle himself for 80 minutes, but have cover on there just in case. And should Reed show, you know, let's say in the first five, six rounds that he can handle 80 minutes, I think that might dictate BA going mm-hmm. to an all forward bench or maybe changing from having um, Takarangi, who's a bit of a utility outside back cover on the bench. But then again, we saw some teams like Canberra Raiders last year carry pretty much an outside back. That's right, just for the, the emergency game. protocol. Exactly. So if you've got enough faith in your forward pack, and we've got some guys that can play huge minutes in the starting pack, you look at Junior Paul and Reed, uh, Reed and Campbell Gill, they're capable of you know 40, 50 minute stints comfortably as props. And then you've got two 80-minute back rolls and a lock forward that can go the 80, but you've also got him in conjunction with Murata on the bench, who's also you know a pretty good minutes player. So you've got the flexibility there to you know go with a 16-man rotation and have that luxury bench spot. So it didn't really bother me, um, especially when the team defended so well. It is something to monitor as far as, like you said, after the first four to six weeks, whether they want to switch to that full forward rotation to reward someone that's killing it in Wenty, whether it's Alvaro or Oregon or Ray Stone. So, yeah, just a, an interesting little subtext to the um, the opening four to six weeks to monitor. I'll tell you what, if we had lost, oh, it would have been even worse because Brad Arthur would have copped so much flack for leaving a fresh player <laughs> on the bench. So The Bulldogs you know well, the, 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 only played six They had Carrot so. Holland, who was fulfilling the exact same role as Brad Takarangi as that bench utility, um, have the exact same thing. He didn't get onto the field. So it was you know 16 versus 16, not 17 versus 17 in round one, which you don't see very often because – um, you know, Des Hazel was popular for his 16-man teams during the um, Jim Bura era. But, yeah, you don't see it very often. See, see I thought he would come on for Maddo because I don't think Maddo can play the full 80 minutes. So I thought he oh, Maddo, Maddo got through 80 minutes for the Tigers regularly in 2019. But, um, yeah, Maddo was a funny one too because we were giving him praise. He started that game really, really slowly, I thought. He didn't get involved much. And to an element, to, to a degree, that's the ball not going to his edge as a back roller. But um, he had you know very light involvement in the first half, but I thought he killed it in the second half. Um, some really good offloads, which were sort of a hint what is going to come to be down that right edge. Some good defense and some really strong carries. So very happy of how he ended up finishing that game. Reagan Camagilla, too, had a very good second half after the dogs really picked on – they put a target on his back or his chest, rather, since you know, he defended from the front. And they really lined him up in the first half. And to his credit, he didn't shirk away from it and then came back stronger in his second stint. So good stuff from the two Parramatta recruits. And just one last thing to flow out of the game. Um, I know that some people are calling for the game to be suspended at the moment, but I think we should all come together, united, and call for the Dally M's to be suspended um, after the voting came out (laughs) um, from our match. Uh, Yes, three points to uh, none other than Josh Jackson. Um, I have no idea how. um, I don't even know who the score was. He he of, let 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 me just bring this to you. 63 metres from nine runs 
And where's the tackle count? And 38 tackles with three missed and two ineffective. So he had an, an effective tackle rate that was, God, 38 to 43. So, you know, not, not that fantastic. And he had no impact on offense. So I just sometimes you make you wonder what games, you know, people are watching and obviously famously with Parramatta. Um, I'm sure you're going to make that jump. There was, a, you know, a judge that didn't even attend the game. So... Yeah, well, for mine, three, two, one, Junior Paulo, uh, Reed Marnie, and um, who else did we have? Sean Lane, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I went with I Madison. But Sean Lane, was, those yeah, ones. exactly. Um, Lane and Madison were very good there. So, and yeah, put them around whichever way. But I don't know if I'd have a dogs player in there, considering that one they lost, um, and two, yeah, nobody really stood out off the stat sheet or from the the view um, from what I saw. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Dally M's don't mean nothing. No, exactly. It's such a terrible, terrible system to be the marquee, um, you know, awards scheme for the competition. Wild. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we're 30 minutes into the pod and we've spent about 20 minutes on the review, um, we may as well, considering uh, we're about to jump into the news and as part of that segue, coronavirus. <laughs> As you're all aware, it's having uh, vast effects on uh, the community at large and I guess the, the world at large. Um, one sport that is still running is the NRL, uh, which is going ahead this weekend, uh, subject to um, any changes. So my understanding is if a player is going to test positive, then the, um, the competition will be suspended. Um, and also, there's a bit of a fluid of um, it's it's a bit fluid at the moment with what the Warriors are going to do. Um, I was listening to the NRL's uh, own podcast, and they had Adam Blair's wife on, uh, just giving her an interview, and she's like, you know, where all the wives are stuck at home, and they've got to look after all the kids. Plus, you know, they've got all the things they're doing, work and uni and TAFE, etc. Um, so obviously, the Warriors players can't stay over in Australia indefinitely, and two of their players did go home. Uh, I understand Peter Hiku's wife's either just had a baby or is expecting soon, and and one of the other players was either just had a baby or expecting soon. Um, so you can't you can't knock a player for doing that, right? Uh, you, is it daily updates from the NRL? It'd have to be, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah I think they're doing daily. Pre- the, pre- the situation is so fluid that they'd have to be going day to day with the updates. So, I think, what is it? Yeah, well, things affecting. Um, I don't know what you guys, uh, how you guys travel around or, or in your uh, careers, but for mine, um, catching the train, the, the the carriages are pretty much half empty when I get on now. Um, carriages that would be packed with people standing up, and now um, everybody has a seat. And not only do you have a seat, you've got a seat to yourself. <laughs> um, and in my job, uh, the Supreme Court and District Court have uh, halted all jury trials um, that haven't commenced at the moment. So uh, it's a bit fluid with what's um, going to happen and it's changing day by day. And sorry, just also on that, the uh, soccer um, has suspended all competitions from juniors up to uh, first grade until April 14 at the least. Um, so my mini ruse uh, won't get to be playing after their first trial match last weekend in the rain. Going to be a lot of heartbroken kids, eh? which is unfortunate, one of the big unfortunate you know side effects of the corona um, outbreak. But yeah. And on the back of that flowing from that news is the New South Wales Cup. Um, well, or, or, the or New South Wales Rugby League. Yeah, that, which governs all, 
all rugby league underneath professional standards, I think. It's pretty much it's the Correct, so for juniors that. up. Yeah. Um, I understand there's news floating around that tomorrow there'll be an announcement to suspend all competitions. However, that at, at the time of this recording, that hasn't been confirmed from uh, New South Wales RL. Uh, the report also had that the QRL was in agreement with that stance and would suspend its competition. And I assume if both of them suspend um, other uh, states and territories across the nation would probably follow suit. Um, so next we're going to do the previews, but with that caveat that they may not go ahead and you'll probably be aware of that on Wednesday when this podcast should come out. Uh, so again, fast, fluid, uh, moving picture at the moment and um, things could change from the time of recording to the time this drops. Right, well, let's jump into the junior rep preview. Uh, with all of that said, uh, on it's Saturday, the 21st of March, mm-hmm. McCready Park in the SG Ball. The Eels taking on the North Sydney Bears. Uh, I just had a quick look at the ladder and in the SG Ball, um, the Bears are running. Let's have a look. Okay, 17th. Uh, we're running 11th though. So, uh, But again, we haven't had our buy, so it doesn't – oh, have we? No, no, we, we haven't had our buy. Pretty much no. everybody else has. So you can add two points onto it and we're joint fifth. So. Um, yeah, How do you um, see us? We should get up in this one. We should. And uh, I think traditionally we've managed to overcome the Bears who aren't exactly a powerhouse in the district representative programs. Uh, so I, I'm expecting the ball to win. You don't take it for granted. Um, but, yeah, if they play anything to what they showed on the weekend, they're going to absolutely like, like sort of stomp them and, and go through with a big victory and help that four and against, which got a huge boost on the weekend and went from negative two, I think it was, to positive 48. So that was a, a huge effort there. But yeah, the the Eels had a really slow start to the season in the ball, and hopefully they ride they righted the ship in round six. And we'll find, if, assuming that the game goes ahead, would not we'll find out a lot about whether they did on Saturday. And then in the mats, the Eels in second position, taking on the North Sydney Bears in seventh position, and that's at the same McCready Park Saturday, twenty one March at eleven thirty a.m. Harold Mats reckon they should go on form last week. Yes. You'd, you'd want to hope so that they, you know, they, they had that one loss against Manly. And otherwise, I mean, even that game, they weren't horrific. They just they sort of got baited by Manly, which is what we were expecting when we called that game, given the history between the two teams in the reps. And, um, you know, they've been really, really good throughout the year. So I'd be tipping them to get another good win on the weekend. And that day of football be kicked off by the Tasha Gales at 10 a.m., also at McCready Park on Saturday, 21 March taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs, and that's the Eels in eighth position, taking on the Bulldogs in sixth position. Uh, The Eels with a solitary win, one draw, and four losses, and Bulldogs have two wins, three losses. Uh, So we'll see how that one shakes out, and hopefully the girls can go get another win. Um, uh, Point differential for the Dogs is nil, 88 for 88 against. The the girls aren't out of the shot of the finals here as well. I assume that they run a... They run a top eight or a top five or a top six. Last year, from memory, they played a top eight. Um, but um, given there's ten teams, I don't think there were that many teams last year. There was, uh, so I'm just looking. Oh no, there were ten last year, and it was a top eight. So, so they they have a chance to climb the ladder if they can get their. I mean, I don't want to say dismissively get their act together because they've actually improved in recent weeks. Um, but they're they're on three points and it's four four six six up until fourth place. So. They're not that they're not that far down the ladder there, so that'll be interesting to see if they can um make a make a real charge there. And winning this weekend will help. It'll mm-hmm. leapfrog it over the dogs. So uh, let's see how they run out, and then into the Andrew Johns Cup, which is washout of round one. Oh, uh, there's the catch up game. Wow. 
It looks like it. Um, it's got to be announced at the moment on venue and time, um, but Parramatta Eels taking on Northern River, River Titans at the Gold Coast. So potentially they're putting them before, is it the Warriors game or perhaps our game on the Sunday? Because uh, yeah. aren't, aren't the Warriors playing out of Rabina Stadium this weekend? They would be, wouldn't they? Because that's their new home. Yeah, all new home. They're, they're based at Kingscliff. That's so, right. Um, um, so this, I assume this would be this was Parramatta's buy in the the Country Rugby League um, rounds. I assume, which is why it's been rescheduled here. But yeah, that's um, that could well be. I'm just trying to get up the NRL. It's so slow. That you're, uh, I, I do remember seeing the because I was talking about playing them out of Townsville or out of the Gold Coast. I think, and they chose the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, Warriors are taking on the Raiders at 3 p.m. and that's at Seabus Super Stadium, which is the Gold Coast Stadium. So potentially this will be the curtain raiser for that match. Mm-hmm. Um, which would sort of make sense. Um, but, again, it's to be announced at the moment, so we don't know if we've got times or, again, if the competition will be suspended by that point in any event. Ooh, flag on to the flag. Um, sorry, I've got a team list here. Um, how do you look at that team list? Um, uh, it's unchanged barring that one one move in the back row because Caleb uh, Penny Toe, he's out with either um, injury or um, suspension, I assume, because he's not on the team list. And you've got Oliver Clements coming into the starting back row in his um, replacement. And Ollie's obviously the um, recruit that we got, um, who was famously that uh, one unsigned representative player for New South Wales in the under-18s last year that um, him and I have sort of um, talked about re- in recent podcasts. Um, yeah, really good to see continuity in the team. Um, I'm not surprised to see an unchanged lineup barring that one uh, replacement for Toei. Um, I'm just trying to look at how the Rabbitohs went in round one because I haven't got a real good beat on how the Rabbitohs are in the flag this year. They, they won 32 to 30 over the Sharks. 32 so. to 30 over the Sharks, who are usually That's pretty... That's probably a positive Sharks, yeah, usually good in this grade. Yeah, usually pretty solid in the 20s. So this will be a good a good battle for the, the boys. Um, they, you know, they got a good win over a strong Dogs outfit, and this is a, a rare... I don't think they've ever, ever started the... Well, ever. I don't think they've started recent flag seasons 2-0, and so this would be a huge hurdle to clear if they can do it. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd like the game to be on there because I will get out to this game after missing round one. But I'm not holding high expectations, but it would be nice. So at the present moment, time and venue is uh, Campbelltown Stadium, 11am on Sunday, the 22nd of March. Eels taking on the Bunnies. And then we're back on Channel 9 again for the Canterbury Cup, if I'm not mistaken. One of the perks of playing out of an NRL caliber stadium, I suppose. So, you know, it makes an easy fixture for the TV broadcast. Sunday, 22 March at 1.05pm. The Eels in 5th taking on Bunnies in 11th. Uh, again, it doesn't mean too much after the first round. Uh, but Bunnies, 12 to the Jets, 32. Um, did we beat the Bunnies in no, that trial match? The, did we play? We, the, the trial match was really hard to gauge because we played uh, a largely NRL lineup, but missing a couple of key players in the pack in our entire back line. So we had like a lot of good NRL tip, uh, options in the forward pack, but we're missing junior and I think there was someone else we are missing too. Um, and the, the, they really aimed up and ended up beating us at half time. And in the second half... Both teams have made substitutions and it was just like real crazy sloppy play as the you know, under bad lights at um, Ringrose. So it was really hard to get a, a, a bead on just how good or bad the Rabbitohs were. And I thought they were largely good. And yeah, I was surprised to see them get knocked over by the um, the Jets, who I think are back to being a Cronulla, a Cronulla feeder, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were the... Blue bags were the Cronulla feeder last year because yeah, they had uh, they Kennedy def- at fullback. That's who, right. Uh, was that's playing right. For- playing yeah against us. Yeah, because they've bounced between the Roosters, the um, the Sharks, and I think someone else, maybe Melbourne at some point. It's been a real wild sort of half decade for the Blue bags. 
Um, yeah, yeah so just looking at that team list, and there's a couple of unknowns. They've got Billy McGullius. Oh, Addison Demetrio's back. Forward. Um, Do you remember Addison Demetrio? The the centre built like a fridge for Manly that was um really popular during their big finals run in the Holden Cup a few years ago. Oh so. yes, I remember. Yes, because uh, did he, did he score the winning try? If I remember in the flag. I think he, in the, in that grand final, I think he did score the winning try, yeah. And yes, yeah, yeah. Built no, like I an absolute remember. fridge and then sort of just dropped off the face of the planet and he's back. There you go. John Olive, um, Billy McGullios. Jason Bakuya, Locke there, uh, Brock Gray. Zach uh, Wolford. There's, there's some useful names there, but it doesn't look like a, a team that would have pasted the Rabbitohs, but that's the nature of Reggie's, right? Exactly. Um, Bryson Goodwin, the standout there in the... And, and old, Troy, old man and captain. Troy Dargan, the, the big C. Dargan. Yeah. Um, but Jack Johns, he's got pretty good raps in the second row, and um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they show out uh, this weekend. But hopefully, we can get another win. Um, also, with that proviso, well, was, that it does go ahead. <laughs> one, once again, great continuity for the Eels in the grade. I think the only change they made was bringing Andrew Davy, who looks to be fully recovered from his preseason knocks, into the starting team to then drop Ellie Elzaham, um into the bench. So really nice to have that week to week continuity. Um, and you know, assuming they play anywhere near like they did against the Dogs for the majority of the game, they're going to give the Rabbitohs a real good um, tussle. Yep, we expect a win, fingers crossed. All right, then into first grade, uh, which will be going ahead last game of the ra- round after being first game of the round last week. Um, always hate to be last game of the round. Yeah, it's a drag, isn't it, waiting for the game to come round? And also, you got to sort of level your shit posting beforehand. <laughs> Um, all right, so the Titans will run out at fullback Philip Sammy, um, who I thought did a pretty good job last week, um, noting that. Yeah, he was dangerous, was dangerous when he got a little bit of space. Then on the wings, Anthony Don, Dale Copley. In the centres, Callum Watkins, who was a lot better than his couple of games last year. And Brian Kelly has moved to the centre as opposed to being a second rower on the bench last week um, for some strange reason. Uh, in the halves, Tyrone Roberts, Ash Taylor. Forwards, Jared Wallace, Sam Lassone, Mitch Rain at hooker. Kevin Proctor, Bryce Cartwright, Jai Arrow are in the back row. On the interchange bench, bench former Eel, Nathan Peets, Jai Whitbread, Tyrone Peachy and Moaki Fodawaka makes a return from injury. Uh, Jamin Jalifi is on the bench with Sam Stone, Shannon Boyd and Alex Brimson. Uh, so potentially looking at that extended bench, Alex Brimson might come back. I understand Shannon Boyd's also had some injury concerns, um, but they should be one through 17, uh, barring uh, Brimson coming back, I'd assume. Then to the Eels team list, unchanged from last week, one through 17, Clint Gutherson, captain and fullback. Wings, Makasivo, Blake Ferguson, centres, Michael Jennings, Wonga Blake. In the halves, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, forwards, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, Reid Marnie at hooker, Ryan Madison, Sean Lane, Nathan Brown in the back row. The interchange bench, Brad Takarani, Marana Neokore, Kane Evans, Penny Terrapo. Then the extended bench is David Gower, Ray Stone, Oregon Kafusi, and George Jennings. So only Will Smith dropping out of that extended bench. Um, no injury concerns coming out of last week. Nobody had to be pulled off. So um, looking to be 1 through 17 again this week. What do you think? Birdie, take it away, baby. What do you got? Oh, uh, just another banana peel game, whatever you call it. Like trap game, yeah. We just can't play up there, and I just I, I expect us to be strong defensively because um, the only people I fear at the Titans would be Sammy, just because he's got speed and <clears throat> the hound, as they yeah, call him. Yeah, and um, as, as I said, speed is the only thing that scares me because um, once they get in the clear, you can't stop them. But um, other than that, like we just got to shut down Arrow and uh, Wallace. 
because they're, they're the two leaders of their pack. And you know, you just I was watching their game against um who they play again. I was watching I was watching Raiders. their game. Yeah, Raiders. And Mitch Rain, thank God we dodged that bullet because I remember at the time he was at the Panthers in their reserve grades and he knocked us back because he wanted more money. You know what? Thank you for turning <laughs> us down because he is terrible. <laughs> Saying that, he, I expect him to have a good game now. But um, other than that, I, it's one of those games where you shouldn't feel sorry for a team, but you expect, and I'm not trying to sound cocky or arrogant, but I expect us to practically end this game, well, not end this game, but put them out of their misery early on because you know if if we're if they're still in it within two if, if they're within it by twelve points and I'm thinking we might have had a bad day or you know they just won on their day but um I expect us just defensively to shut them down and be a training run essentially you know maybe um our team can our attack can finally gel like um finally it's been one week buddy. Oh apparently in one week <laughs> is a long time it is for everyone it because, is an absolute you know, age in in the sporting world especially regardless of pandemics or not yeah, a lot can change in one week. So, yeah, that's a fair comment. You want to see the attack get on. I think an ex-rugby uh, league player, a women's rugby league, said um, not enough strike power across the park, the back line. There was a, there was a member, of the, yeah, member of the panel, uh, the Sunday football show it was. Uh, I missed yeah. who it was. But, yeah, she was uh, asking the question, did Param- like, almost you know, dismissively, did Paramount have enough options or strike weapons yeah. across the park? It's like, we've got one of the best back lines of the competition. And, <laughs> it's just And, you know, a retooled forward pack. Like, what do you want from us? It's round one. Yeah, I think you could make a um now with the changes that the Warriors have taking uh uh what's his name from the uh wing position to centre. Uh, uh Fusatua. Yeah, Fusatua. Uh, yeah, we got you can make an argument for the best back three. That's right, exactly. So uh, that, yeah, no, that's some media media stuff in a nutshell. Yeah, I expect um maybe Dylan Brown to run a bit more, but Yeah, that's just, a good point. I, I I expect Brown, um young Brown to be a lot better this week. Um I think he sort of um and, and it was probably the right option. I think he Defarm defaulted to Moses's seniority in the house uh, partnership a lot in round one, and let Moses just call the shots and run the show. Um, obviously, he was outstandingly defensively. We didn't mention in the review, which was really good. But yeah, I expect him to, like you said, Bertie, run the ball more, maybe be a bit more of an option in the red zone of his kicking game. But yeah, um, and my flow on is um, the the space to attack, which is the space that was attacked by the Raiders. Um, was that space between Ash Taylor and Bryce Cartwright. Um, God, that's both, an awful defensive pairing. Wow. <laughs> yes, both haven't seen to have lifted their defensive game um, since, I guess, their woes, not well, last year and the year before. But some, um, of the, some of the runs through there were an insult, like to, if you use the term turnstile, being insult to turnstiles. Like that was, yeah, that's so I wouldn't mind um, somebody like uh, Junior Paulo running a bit uh, wider um, at, Somebody like Cartwright, Nash Taylor. We got a. Um, we didn't from me- memory, they defend on the right, so it'd be our left to edge attacking. Well, that, that's perfect. We didn't mention it in, yeah. the, in the review, but there was a sneaky little moment against the Dogs where they got Regan Campbell Gillard really wide in the red zone, and it was down that left edge, looking to isolate between centre and, and um, centre back row and half. So yeah, that, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Us using our big, uh, big prop boards in the red zone down those edges. And yeah, I, that that's the the only position. But again, if we hold on to the ball. Uh, put the ball down in their end. Um, I think that's key. Uh, it was good that we defended our errors last week. Um, but again, you can't be making, what, how, how many did we make? 12, 13, something yeah, like you, that. Yeah, you, you can't afford that week in, week out, especially against quality opposition. And I don't think the Titans deserve that sort of uh, plaudit in general. But, you know, you can lose any game in the NRL against any team because that's how competitive it is. And it, it's worth mentioning. Had, they've been a bogey team for I us. I was about too. to say, it's worth, it's worth mentioning that um, we tend to be okay them later in the season, but last time we met, this early on was in 2017 where we were red hot after pumping the Dragons in round two and we were 2-0 and 
But um, Corey Norman got uh, injured, I think, or suspended. I think he might have had a, a hammy issue. He was out for one week, went up to the Gold Coast, and ended up getting um, beaten 26-14 and was what probably Semi Raja's worst game ever. He had a, a couple of drops on our goal line, um, and we had some shocking play in general. So assuming that they don't fall into that um, trap of the trap game, we should account for the Titans, I'd like to think. And in the last two outings, Eels 36-12 last year, and then 28-18, yeah, footy touched on a loss um, against the Tigers, uh, Titans in 2017. Um, All right, let's have a look at the stat lines. There's not much really to be there. Um, Yeah, nothing really that flows from that first game, uh, other than the average points conceded, Titans 24-us-2. Play the ball speed was in point zero. I love how these play the ball speeds are always within like point zero something yeah. seconds of each other. The, it'd be interesting to see what the metrics are for the for the recording of those things because it's pretty precise for something that's so imprecise, right? Like yes, um, but interestingly, the Titans only have a forty four win rate their home, but it's only made worse for us is we we've only won three of ten games there, so uh, we don't have much to crow about, um, but. You'd hope after the former round one, if we can put our best foot forward and not kill ourselves, mm. um, as certain other teams did in round one, uh, talking about the, the Dragons. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> um, fingers crossed we should be able to come away with a win uh, this weekend and it should be fairly comfortable. That, uh, as a neutral, that game made me heated. Like, how, how do you throw the game away that many times in the last 20 minutes? God damn it. They let the country down, man. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the, the master tank plan to get rid of Mary, I assume. Yes, but unfortunately they can't bring anybody. Well, they can't bring Shane Flanagan in. until. No, because he's got the restrictions on the um the NRL mandated return. Like if he's returned to the game, he can't be a head coach, what, another two years? Yes, correct. So let's get into predictions. I'll start with Hams. Eagles 26-4 to win with Wonga Blake being the first try scorer. Uh, how do you see it, Bertie? Yeah, I'm not going to go and do what I did last week and say like 40 nil or something. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, 24-6, um, first try score, I'm going to go with Maddo. I think he's going to run over Ash Taylor. And yeah, um, I, I just think, um, as I said, uh, my, my thoughts defensively will be solid. You know, they might score a lucky try because they tend to score lucky tries against us off a kick, you know, deflect, deflection here or there. But um, I expect us to let's practically keep them at arm's distance and, you know... Um, we should be comfortable. I should be comfortable sitting on the couch watching it, and not like you know, um, like last week where I was nervous on the edge of my seat. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I want to see um, Brown have a, have not as much, not take the game over, but like I want to see him popping up, popping pop up, popping up and around, you know, sniffing it, like sort of like Reed does, you know, support play because mm-hmm. um, I can see him and because Lane in the first half last week, he there was a couple of times where he could have, like, he, if he broke a tackle here or there, he was in open space. Yeah, both him and Jennings had a couple of moments that were so close to breaking open the dog's defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm just, I just want to see, I just want to see Brownie in space because, you know, his, his footwork is, you know, electric and I don't want to be, you know, punny or whatever, <laughs> but um, just him and Gufferson, yeah, so, Paramount 24-6. And you thought Someone's got to make a stupidly bold prediction that'll be me this week, seen as Ham and, um, and Birdie have sort of kept them within reasonable uh, expectations. Parramatta, 36, Gold Coast, 6. First try scorer, uh, make a Sevo go this week. I backed Mitchie last week, and he's going to be in for a real shot, but I'm going to go for the big Fijian winger to get over first. 26 to 8 for mine, and I'm going for the big man in the middle of the park, Junior Paulo. My man. Uh, to breach the line early. Um, yeah, I think that's where we're going to get our joy from the 
and the uh, second row is running those unders line, especially if you're going to hit the gap between, uh, um, gosh, Trash Taylor and yeah, Trash Taylor uh, and cut, right, cut wrong. <laughs> so clever. Cut mong. Oh wow, that's a line. Oh, you just crossed one. And fingers crossed, the uh, NRL aren't taking their medical. All <laughs> right, or his uh, partner. Oh god, the anti-vaxxers. Oh. How funny is it the one tackle Bryce Cartwright makes, he gets penalised for tackling the kicker to the ground? <laughs> I thought that that was an awful decision. Unfortunately, it was like it was around the mid middle of him, and he didn't put like I know that's an NFL rule, but he didn't put his weight on the tackle. Force, forcible contact, yeah. Like. <laughs> it was sort of like he just slipped him to the ground, so he couldn't be part of the chase. Um, but from what I saw, um, apparently out of the camera angle, there was somebody else taken off the ball on the inside, so it wasn't the cut right uh, tackle that was penalised. Uh, uh, but I'm not entirely sure on that. So um, fingers crossed it wasn't that because that was awful. Um, all right, well, I think that'll wrap us up here. Again, fluid situation with the COVID-19 um, happening or situation, as it's been put to me. Um We've got one round of NRL, and we'll take it uh, day by day to see whether or not we'll be playing for round three. Um, but if not, um, I don't even know what other sport is on. Well, it's been a wild day of NFL transactions in the opening day of free agency, but, yeah, there's just nothing doing global sports-wise. Everything's been um, shit-canned. We'll jump to Birdie. Your takes on uh, NFL. Um, yeah, it was a big um, – I wasn't expected to see uh, – because with free agency, we know who's off contract, so we sort of know. It's not a surprise when they leave. It was the ones that were contracted, so the, 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 off, the, the Buckners. Oh. It was crazy. Just like, you know, the Niners having the best defense, and they're getting rid of one of their key cogs in their defense. Yeah, and- DeForest gone to the Colts for a first, and a couple other picks were swapped, and a big contract. Yeah, and just Stefan Diggs. You knew straight away as soon as, um, not knew straight away, but as soon as Cousins got announced, Extension, he <laughs> tweets out, I want a new change. Yeah, there's, there's been tension between low. those two for a long time. So, But um, yeah. the big one, and I don't understand how Bill O'Brien has a job tomorrow, is uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting traded from the Texans to the Cardinals for literally loose bus change in, in the context of him being arguably the best receiver in the competition. So it was a second-round pick, and Dave Johnson coming back the other way, and, and anyone that's been watching NFL in the last couple of years can tell you that Johnson's completely washed after that huge 2016 campaign where he was arguably the MVP of the of the season, it's just wild that you know that that happened. I don't understand how you let him be both coach and GM for the Texans because he is doing some very very bad things for that franchise. If I knew that that's all it took for him, I would have offered them every a third round pick. Well, yeah. I, seriously, I think that every every um club would have been queued up for it. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, as for sports, I don't know if you guys seen on YouTube, but have any of you seen that Marvel video of all the marbles? Like on the sort of sand, it's like a there's a guy he does on YouTube. It's like marble Gels, racing. Gels marble runs. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. Oh, how that, good that's was ham, that? ham introduced us to that. Yeah. On, oh, sorry. I just saw that this this week again, and the guy watching the whole video legend. and the blue comment, man, that comeback. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got um. So don't worry if the uh, the Olympics doesn't go forward because Gels marble Olympics <laughs> later this year. Um, but also they've got the uh, Gels marble uh, Moto GP going on. So it's like a racetrack setup, which is pretty fun, um, yeah. which is his newest one. The guy's commitment to the um, I don't want to say gimmick because that's unfair and like how committed and brilliant it is. But the the premise is so brilliant, like so well done with the overlays and the commentary and the you know instant reaction or you know replay stuff is just incredible. So yeah, that's J E L L E Gels Marble Runs for anyone that's curious. There is so much. Content 
content to go watch and you'll be shocked at how like much you'll watch and just like be barracking for these stupid marbles that have a personality of their own. Yeah, if if people were to allegedly partake in um, uh, <laughs> tips and betting, no, no drugs oh, of uh, drugs. Um, oh. a certain, uh, grass sort, uh, they may really enjoy themselves. <laughs> the the, ul- the ultimate sort of background like stuff for that, yeah. Um, other than that, we've just got Netflix or Disney Plus. Well, you're gonna get um, you're gonna get movies oh. direct to on demand. I think is the new thing. My understanding is twenty dollars, but they're going to release those movies to, uh, straight to the um, services like Apple yeah. movies and stuff like that. But with a having to pay with for a premium it, for it, that's right. Yes, uh, with the pirating the way it is these days, if, <laughs> if you were allegedly a pirate, um, I'm sure you could find them There's online. Resources too, and um, it means it's a great time for gaming as well. If you're um, into PC, Xbox, uh, PS4, or Switch, I suppose. Um, yeah, time to get through that. Get that backlog account. exactly, if, especially if you're working from home for the next couple of weeks. Just um, you know, when you squeeze well, out. Cod released that new mode called Warzone, and Ron is all about the Warzone life. Yeah, he's loving it, man. He's like, he's trying to get a squad to get together, but um, I gotta find where my game disc is because I've I've packed that away somewhere. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get into it. I've sort of suspended my um, Xbox PS. Yeah, I'm I'm working through Neo 2 on the PS4, but that's the first console action I've done in a while. It's just PC stuff for me at the moment. Yeah, I'm on the Switch at the moment. I'm trying to finish Zelda. Oh, and, uh, Breath of the Wild, it's huge. Um, and also, I'm back into the original Pokemon, Pokemon uh, Go Pikachu, uh, with the new Pokemon Sword to, to play as well. So, really um, sucking off the teat of Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy Nintendo. Yeah, well, I got I've got about halfway through. Um, what was that one uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on mm. PS4, which I really like, but I just don't have time for. Yeah, that. that's but the thing with those those big. I know you're playing Zelda, but the in general that genre is that you sort of get through so much, but then you get sort of go away from it because of real life, and you get back into it like, where was I? Exactly. Um, I sort of just try play it on train on the way. Alrighty. Oh, sorry. I was saying I just play it on the train home. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I need a bit of town time. Um, all right, well, I think that'll wrap us up for this round. Uh, we'll be back for the review of um, at least the Titans game, um, but hopefully some more New South Wales uh, rugby league as well. Um, and, again, just keep your eyes on the news. Uh, it could change at any moment, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the comp is going to be suspended from next round. Which would suck, um, but that's the reality we're looking to face, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's better than old people getting uh, coronavirus by coming into contact with players, etc. cetera. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, well that'll wrap us up. Stay healthy, everyone. Oh, sorry, just some breaking news here. Oh. Queensland Rugby League is providing an update. After careful consideration um, of the unfolding COVID-19 situation, the QRL has suspended its statewide competition and community leagues effective immediately. In addition, all junior regional events and state carnival will be postponed indefinitely. Um, so I think that's further confirmation. So word, word for word, we'll probably get something very similar um, when New South, New South Wales, Wales Rugby League. league. Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be by the time this is posted tomorrow morning, that'll probably have come through. All right, well, yep, um, stay healthy, everyone. Enjoy, enjoy eight games of rugby league this weekend because it might be the last um, rugby league we get for a while, um, other than replays, of course, of the 58 0 uh, last <laughs> season. All right, yeah, cheers, thanks. guys. Catch you, boys. Yep, see you guys. Good
I just kind of lock myself in and just um, punch some cones for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs>